Hello, 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 and welcome to our podcast. Hello, everybody. It's going to be a fun, fun one. It's a good one this week. I wanted to apologize a little bit. We were just running a little bit behind, so we're we're good now. And uh, looking forward to chatting with all of you. Hey, Joni, Cassie, and Lorraine. Good to see you. It's so good to see everybody today. I'm so excited about this particular chapter. I know you can't guess why, Pam. <laughs> no, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. We didn't go anywhere that, that you're not aware of, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. Yes. So exciting. And thanks for everybody's patience. I am the culprit for our slight delay, or I should say the traffic in the greater Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area is the traffic or is the culprit for the slight delay. So thanks for your patience, everybody. It's always the way. Traffic will always screw you up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was, worth a, it was worth a shot. I'm just glad we were all able to come together because I, I was telling Pam uh, before the podcast that I have listened and re-listened to this chapter several times this week. Um, it's such a good one. So It is. It is. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll start with the announcements and then, of course, <laughs> we can get into it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks, Lorene. She um, said no worries. <laughs> The Gabriel's Inferno podcast is usually on Sundays at 6 p.m. Uh, keep a lookout. I know that Betty's had some issues with her internet, and Perling has had issues too. Uh, so just keep a watch out for them. Uh, Trilogia de Gabriel is Saturdays. It's 3 p.m. Mexico time. Uh, Noites in Florencia. Uh, the uh, keep a keep they're on a bit of a break, so keep watch for them. Noches in Florencia came back a couple weeks ago, and I'm looking to see when they will be uh, back on again. Uh, I haven't seen any next programming uh, out there. I know. I was look. I hadn't seen that either. I'm I'm very hopeful uh, that they'll be back on the air soon. I hope so too. I hope so too. So then. You know, as you know, uh, Gabriel 4 is being uh, written as we speak. So and, excited. Uh, yes, very exciting. It's going to be a good one, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we know that there are some translations coming. I'm not sure what dates or what languages. Uh, but keep a lookout because SR said he would be making an announcement about that fairly soon. Uh the passion flicks, I saw something, said, I think it was today, where he should be having some information coming soon on any of, I guess, maybe the script or whatever for uh, Gabriel's Inferno. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. I didn't yes. get to see that. I haven't been on, yes. I haven't been online much at all today. So, I'm, I'm not oh, sure my gosh. It was today. I'm, it might have been the last couple of days. I just don't remember offhand. Had anybody else uh, seen that announcement, ladies? Uh, 
I know Lorraine says she's can't wait. She's listening to the trilogy again. I know, right? Oh right. my gosh. And I know at some point in time they're going to be starting a reread of Gabriel's Inferno. Inferno. So uh, Nina wants to get an idea of what we want to see as far as important scenes and stuff, I guess, so that they, they, the script writer can actually make sure that they're included. So, uh, what yes. else? Uh, the um, fanfiction.net Stardust over Florence will be included in the compilation for the babies at the border. I know that some of the uh, charities that are involved in that are uh, KIND, the ACLU. Um, there, you know, there's a whole, I think there's like two or three others and I don't remember them off the top of my head, but I do know that donations, they will stop taking donations, I believe October 5th. And I know that all the banners, stories, whatever, will be um, in, have to be in by, I think, October 3rd. So okay. Okay. So, wow, that's coming up. It is coming up. And the compilation will be sent out to the people who have donated $10 or more to these charities uh, on October 10th. I know that MJ's involved now, um, Effie. Right. SR, obviously. Um, and as of two days ago, they had, I think, $7,200 collected to go to the different charities and that's outstanding if, yeah and if you go to their blog site you know it'll they can break it down for you better than i can or their twitter page is also good um you and you you can find that in our twitter feed <clears throat> as well as srs because i know he's been repeating it uh sr also specifically asked that we remember um the her people that were affected by hurricane florence um Donations are being taken by the American Red Cross and the Salvation Army and, you know, anything that can help them. I know that a lot of phones, um, you can donate to the Red Cross and it just goes on to your bill. It's like a $10 donation. So yeah, that, there's is, a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of, of, a lot of opportunity. And yeah, I, I just, I, of course, this is so SR, right? I mean, mm -hmm. He, because he, we always, every week, we always email him questions and hope that he um, has some good tidbits to share with us, which he always does. And he was very specific in saying, I hope we can send a greeting to those who had to deal with the aftermath of the hurricane. I hope all our readers are okay. Yeah. So and thank you for that. And I'm uh, hopeful it's still going on. I mean, for many people for dealing with flooding and uh, the aftermath. So please, please be safe. Yeah, I, I can, I can update you for my family members. Uh, my, my cousin Bobby and his wife took in his sister, Helen and her husband from Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, so good. They stayed with them. Um, and Bobby also has a home in Oak Island beach. And I know that they were featured a, a lot of different weather mm -hmm. forecasting when it was going on. Bobby's house in Oak Island is fine. Uh, he had he was about fifty feet from where the water s stopped from the surge. So he was oh my word! 
um, and Mike and Helen, they had very little damage to their house, thank goodness. Uh, Mike is a sailor. He's got, I think, a two-masted sailboat, and that did have some damage, uh, but it's repairable, so everybody's good there. Oh, thank so, goodness. Yeah, yeah, so they were very lucky. And I'm glad that they did leave because there was talk that they may not. So. Mm. It was nerve-wracking watching. I mean, I have my cousins in Charleston, and mm -hmm. their kids were off of school for the entire week um, just in preparation because they use all the schools there for shelters. Mm -hmm. And um, as if anyone who's been to Charleston knows, I mean, anytime it rains, I mean, just a normal rainstorm and it floods the city. So they were very fortunate that the, the storm tracked further north. Um, but they, uh, you know, they were prepared to leave if uh, if it turned. Uh, we already had communicated with them and they, they were going to be heading up. So, yeah, lots, yeah, lots I, to do to help the folks. And I know there's so much going on. They've been talking about how many pigs they've lost, um, chickens, mm. uh, there, cause there's a lot of big chicken farms and pig farms in, in North Carolina. Right. And the rivers inland are now coming up to their crest and that's all going to be coming back towards the ocean. So prayers and knock on wood that everybody does safe. Another yes. thing, which I forgot to write down, which I just remembered, uh, SR is going to be on a chat this evening uh, on Shayla's Black Book Beauties. It's he's she's I think he's doing like 15 minutes. It's at um, around 8:30, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, and you have to join the Facebook page to do that. So just in. FYI, they're pretty good about getting, about putting you back on real quick, so. Great. Which is good. And it's, as he said this morning, it was an amuse bush. <laughs> uh, they have a lot of them in Canada, by the way. Uh, so did you have a lot of them in Toronto? Uh, one restaurant I actually did. Hmm. And I forget what it was. <laughs> I think it was I love it. something. Mushroom something. But anyhow. I so, love it. Yeah. So it was, what can I tell you? I can't wait to go back. I have kept my Canadian money, my loonies, <laughs> my toonies, my quarters and dimes, and my blue Monopoly money. Because <laughs> it comes in different colors. I love it. And Lorraine just It would be so out. cool. Oh, and Lorraine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> From 8.30 to 8.45. So. so he is he is the starter, right? I think around that, yeah. I think. Wonderful. They're celebrating um, the new book that someone is releasing. I think, it, it, I think it's Shayla that's releasing it, Shayla Black. So it's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Ooh, Kenzie said she'll be eating... All of the Canadian food in October. She's going to old Quebec City and she's so excited. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. It is such a beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful area. And one of the neat things is because of the way it's on a hill on the St. Lawrence, 
they have an elevator that if you go to in front of the Chateau Frontenac, it takes you down to the to the lower street. So you oh don't have my to gosh. climb the hill or the stairs. Which with my knee is a good thing. <laughs> that good is thing. so that's great. You know, getting down is easy on a hill, but coming back up is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. Well, and shall we? Uh... We shall start. <laughs> okay. Chapter 27. And as you'll recall, they were um, going to be leaving for Greece. And then uh, they had the surprise visit by the parents. So they stayed another day. They delayed their departure. So it's the next morning and they had breakfast with the Casseroes. And Cassie and Nicholas were on his private jet heading towards Greece. Uh, <laughs> did, did you all read that and just want to be on that airplane? Let me, please be honest. I think that would be. I just was, I was, I, I mean, I just was going crazy this whole chapter. As I think all of you know who are on the podcast, I studied abroad in Greece and in Athens in um, way, way back, probably uh, before Kenzie was born, I guarantee it, um, <laughs> in 1990. And uh, I actually traveled to Santorini during that time. And then my daughter had the fortune, good fortune of being able to study abroad there this year. And we as a family went to visit her. We didn't make it to Santorini this trip. We actually were a couple islands over. Um, but it, it honestly, Santorini is one of my favorite places on the planet. So when I learned SR was incorporating this, I was going crazy. And it was very, very exciting to read how he um, unveiled the, the island to you. So they were flying towards Greece. Nicholas wondered if Acacia had ever been to Greece because of her knowledge of Homer. And she said, no, um, I've never been. Um, and she noticed he had not removed his prosthetic until they got on the plane. And she was being very careful to make only eye contact with him. She didn't want to offend him as she did the other evening. And she also thought, hmm, she's sure his parents knew about the scar. And I'm thinking, I don't think he, I don't think he's revealed that to them, but we shall see. So... During the previous afternoon, Acacia had taken Madame Cassera's offer to help with the apartment. She'd drawn up an impressive plan, suggesting fabrics and paint, and Acacia had really appreciated it. And I think she was really overwhelmed by her kindness, um, especially after um, some of the treatment she had received at the Victoire. I think it was just a lovely surprise for her to have that wonderful um, kind rapport with Nicholas's mother and it almost made her ashamed of how she had mistrusted Nicholas and um, I loved how SR kind of dove into this uh, this is also a recurring theme throughout a lot of his writing I think trust is earned and I mean you can see that in all of the storylines of all of the books that he's written um, and she had contemplated that that Rick had let the man who attacked her get away. She remained self-protective. 
Um, but she did know that Nicholas had sent Rick to watch over her when the BRB left. And he also didn't have to tell her to remove the valuables from his apartment, her apartment, um, including protecting her beloved Claude. And Nicholas also whisked her away for her safety. And, you know, I think this made her really contemplate not only knowing these kindnesses that he showed her, but also meeting up with his mother and experiencing more of that kindness. I think it's kind of piecing things together. And she is, um, you know, kind of contemplating. She had not done anything specific to cause favor. So maybe he was truly protecting her from the victoire. And she was thinking it must have been that she had that kind of, he may have had that guilt. And we asked SR, um, she, we said she had not done anything to earn his favor, which made her feel like it was Nicholas's sense of responsibility for the Victoire incident and motivating Nicholas to help her. And we asked, was it his sense of responsibility or his attraction to her? And SR said, for Nicholas, he has mixed motivations at multiple stages. He is attracted to Acacia and fascinated by her. She's a breath of fresh air to him. Yep. So it was a, a little bit of both. So I thought that was good. And so Nicholas, sitting on the plane, drinking a vodka tonic, and as we know, it's probably Grey Goose vodka because that, that's Nicholas's preferred brand. And his long legs in front of him looking well at ease, even though he's wearing one of his black suits. The pilot announced that they were approaching Santorini and please prepare for the landing. Oh my gosh, I get so excited thinking about flying into Santorini. Uh, I did not fly into Santorini as a student. I took the ferry uh, with the rest of the regular mere mortals, but it is an impressive sight to sail or approach that island in I'm any way sure you look at it. Sailing is just as, as impressive. Yes, yes, it, because you're you're going there and there's just these massive cliffs and the blue sea with the crescent-shaped island with white houses on the side of the cliffs. It is as he described and as you all have seen pictures um, of this island, it's, it's magnificent. So Acacia closed her laptop and set it next to her Chanel bag that Juliet had made her buy. And I thought this was very clever too. Um, you know, obviously Acasa knew she didn't pack well when she left Paris because she was in a rush to uh, escape. And she needed clothes to represent Nicholas since she is officially um, working for him now. Um, the designer handbag was a part of that, um, but she was very cautious and very knowledgeable and thinking not only did she need the designer bag for the appearance of being on his staff, she knew she also needed it to have a ready source of cash if she had to um, escape at some point. So um, in her preparations, she also had sent a short, polite email stating that she was resigning from the Victoire and that she took uh, had taken another position. She offered her two weeks notice, but they declined. Um, but they did say they would pay her for her two weeks. Um, and that really hurt Acacia that they had accepted and dismissed her so quickly because she, uh, you know, as we've discussed in the past, she is very proud of her work 
and she takes her work very seriously. And I think that is part of her identity. So I think the fact that they were just dismissive like that um, was very hurtful. But I, I think it may have also helped her um, be a little more open to working with Nicholas after being treated like that. You know, in the industry that I worked in for so long, if you left to go to a competitor, if you went mm -hmm. in and said, I'm giving you my two weeks notice, they let you go right away. They, you right. Know, they paid you and everything, but mm -hmm. they didn't want any, anything possible that you could take with them to them. Right. To the competitor. Right. So. So it's not yeah, I mean, places, places do that. I was, you know, it isn't, I was surprised with the hotel in a service industry position. It's not like you were dealing with trade secrets or um, very competitive marketing database information or, um, you know, uh, but I, I think it was just an easy way to them, for them to get out of her, That's get her out of their hair. Definitely. And we have a new listener, mm -hmm. by the way, Dahlia CRR. How are you? Congrat welcome to uh, the podcast. It's nice to see you. Yes, welcome. Great to see you. And Kez has joined us also. Hey, oh, it's always good to see Kez. Good morning. Good morning is right. Um, Kenzie also mentioned when, when she's going to Quebec. She's, the Quebec City looks a lot like Europe, and she booked her ticket last night, and she's going through Toronto Airport to get there, so she'll make sure <laughs> she gets her Timmy's in order. My word of advice, I Kenzie, love it. Don't, don't drive from Toronto to Quebec City. If you have a connecting flight, that's perfect. It'll take you a few hours, like maybe 10 hours. To drive across so just an uh, fyi <laughs> it's good advice pam good advice and i i wanted to also share we did ask sr about whether or not he visited santorini mm -hmm. and i more or less we had said please refresh our memories have you visited santorini and if so um did you go to research this book did you stay in a property that used the caves uh <laughs> as part of the room did you watch the sunset visit Ia um, your descriptions are engaging and accurate um, and note uh, the audiobook says Oya but when we were there on the ground they said Ia so just a just a note if Effie was listening she could probably um, give us the definitive but I'm pretty sure the Greeks pronounce it Ia um, and SR says yes I visited Santorini, and it's a great place. Very interesting, very picturesque, and lots of things to see. Of course, this had me going bizarre, you know, berserk, so excited that he was actually there. Um, and I knew it uh, because of the way he described things. He, he went on to say the sunset at Ia was a highlight, and he stayed in a hotel on the cliffs that had been carved into the rock face. So... He he went there for research, ladies and he gentlemen. Does his research. He does yes, his he research. does. <laughs> research. Ja, ja, ja. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine yeah, yeah, says yeah. she's not surprised. 
<laughs> Too bad that uh, Betty's not one. She would be oh, howling right oh now. Oh, yes. So, um, something brushed against Acacia's arm. She's uh, reminded, and here it's, remind me of the agenda. So she turned to Nicholas and proceeded with the rundown. Customs meeting them at the arrival. The car will be waiting on the tarmac. And there will be time to relax before dinner. He also asked Rick and Kurt uh, if they needed an update. And they both were like, nope, we're good. And Rick was kind of like, you know, just had a blank stare at Acacia. Uh, she's very unsure of him. And I, to be honest with you, I don't think he likes her one way or the other, so, which is a shame. The, the plane lands on a small runway and there's a silver Range Rover waiting for them. Of course, when you're flying in a private jet, anything. Of course. <laughs> Not that, I've never done that. That's one thing I've never done. I would like to though, someday. So Kazia wraps a scarf around her head and uh, pushing the corners around her shoulder and she's getting ready to get off and and Nicholas is kind of amused and sort of laughing at her and, and she says you don't need to do that and she's like well you know it's supposed to be windy and I want to protect my hair <laughs> and he's like well he's teasing her about it and he said they don't wear scarves except for the churches and while it's attractive he doubted any wind would diminish her beauty <laughs> I know. <laughs> but before she could come up with the response the plane stops you know and she had also made good use of her laptop so because she did take her work seriously nicholas reminded her that the constant the, that the constant the that constantine was a business associate, not a friend, and who knew him as Pierre Breckman. Ah, uh, back she, to she, Pierre. Yeah, back to Pierre, that's right. She nodded. She looked at her Swiss passport, and her Swiss passport had the name of Andarda Silva. Uh, she's looking at him kind of strange, and, and Nicholas is telling her, globalization. We have a wave <laughs> of Brazilian immigrants in Switzerland, so... So she was just hoping to remember the name. Um, she was feeling quite warm because of the com uh, the comment that Nicholas had given her about her beauty, the compliment. And she's like, you know, but I'm not Nordic. I'm not like Silka with the, you know, tall, blonde. And she was darker rather than fair like Silka. And she thought that maybe Nicholas preferred the Nordic type. And she pushed those thoughts away and reminding herself that Nicholas was her employer and friend. <laughs> yeah, has anyone out there been in that kind of a position where they're attracted to a supervisor and you have to be all business and you have to remind yourself I'm an employee and that's a supervisor and I need to keep the boundaries drawn. Been there, Just done that with an employer and also a client. So we'll just leave it at that. Another chapter for your book, Pam. Kept it professional and kept it on the down low. So it was mm -hmm. good. 
So anyway, so she switched her cell phone on. She scrolled through the texts that she had from Kate, and there was a message that uh, Madame Kasser had, had contacted her and the contractor and the di designer, and she had been sending, Kate had been sending updates, but she didn't realize how much damage there had been. She was sorry, and also that Cloud meowed that <laughs> I missed you. She also said that Luke was looking for her. What, what, did, what did she call him? Captain McCotty or something like that? Yes, I think it was <laughs> Captain McCotty. There you go. So, all of a sudden she hears Andarda. Nicholas is calling for her. Rick was waiting. And they had scanned the area outside. And they were standing by the doors as Acacia gathered her things. And she went down the steps, and she was followed by Nicholas and, and the security people. Uh, Greek customs had remembered him as Pierre, and they shook hands, and they barely noticed Acacia, and off they, they're soon in the range rover, and off they went, and they're driving through all the windy roads and everything. And Nicholas was pointing out places of interest when her cell phone rang. It was Luke. And she oh, just of course it was. Voicemail. And Nicholas asked if there was any, if everything was okay. And she assured him it was putting the phone back in her pocketbook. And they continued. I, I'm sure that she did not want to even think about him <laughs> as she was sitting next to Nicholas. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, as protective as she is, I'm sure she just was a little, I think at this point, a little frustrated that Luke was so persistent and uh, I think so that she too. just, I, I think she just wanted him to, you know, take a chill pill. <laughs> um, so they finally approached the gate with the armed guards who waved them through. The driver helped Nicholas out of the car. Rick helped Acacia. And of course, who was there, but when? greeted her warmly, came over to scan her for all the devices that could possibly have been planted. And um, as you recall, SR had been to Santorini, as we said. So he described this villa, which must be like a villa that he uh, visited or had seen. The villa was built into the side of a cliff, uh, as well as the bodyguards and Nicholas. An older woman came out of the villa and handed Nicholas a note. He told Acacia he had to make a phone call to make and to make herself at home, take a swim, and he would join her later. She followed the young man who had her luggage, which he placed in her closet. He lifted the house phone and told her to press zero if she needed anything as well as gave her a piece of paper with the Wi-Fi password. And that is all I would need. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> call, let, 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 me come, uh, let me come visit you, Acacia. I will... I will um, I will be your roommate um, in this beautiful room that reminded her of a cave. It had been hewn out of the rock, plastered and painted white, a pale gray floor, desk, walk-in closet, a large bed with mosquito netting, and an ensuite bathroom. She put her pocketbook down and took out her phone, removed her scarf, and went outside. So she was settling into this beautiful place uh, located right on the cliffs. She proceeded to 
<laughs> I know. I know. Um, it would just be wonderful. She was acquainting herself with her surroundings. And uh, I think, again, this is very telling of her um, her heightened sensibility and heightened sense of uh, always knowing her surroundings. She was gazing out, um, identifying where she was in the position that she was located in in this uh, property. There's a clear plexiglass glass barrier that separated the pool deck from the precipice below. You would have had to have been an experienced climber to get up as well as down uh, the, the rocks. It went straight to the sea. There were three other doors that flanked the pool, um, that other bedrooms, uh, obviously probably for Nicholas and the security guards. She climbed to the upper level and wandered through the living room, dining room, terrace, kitchen, large bathroom, steam room, laundry, library, media room. I mean, this is an extensive, this is an extensive resort. Um, she looked out the window and on the upper level to escape, um, to, and determined that to escape, she would still have to climb the cliffs. Out the door, there were security guards, so she would need to check in at night to see how things would progress if she had to get out soon. And Lorraine commented that she always feels like she's right there in SR's books. I do too, Lorraine. I mean, he really paints a picture. And in this instance, I can attest that the picture he's painting is quite accurate because the cliffs of Santorini, as I think, I think he explains in the book, um, it is a crescent-shaped island. It was an island that had a volcano, still has a volcano. And millions of years ago, the, the center of the island uh, fell into the sea essentially there's a volcanic eruption so it's a crescent shaped it's a c-shaped island and it really is the, there are steep drops um so it'd be very very difficult to have anyone climb up or climb down Joni also agrees um with lorraine um and i love that i love that because he really does he does take us on adventures yes, he does. um so Cassie was still carrying her handbag that included her Brazilian passport. <laughs> then she also had her Swiss passport, several thousand euros, and a burner cell phone with all her contacts programmed. As long as she had her escape plan, she could rest easy, which I, I was glad that she kind of now could take a breath and relax. She opened all the windows to let the fresh air in, sat on her bed, and pulled out her old phone, she listened to, Cla to Luke's message. Cassie, where are you? Why are you ignoring my messages? Call me. She really didn't want to speak to him or tell him where she was, or I think more importantly, who she was with. Um, it was also possible that whoever pulled the security of her could be watching him. So that was another reason why she didn't le legitimately didn't want to talk to him. But she knew she had to or he would have escalated things. So she texted that she was fine. She said things at the hotel were brutal. So I quit, taking a few days to visit friends. And she hoped that would be it. So I thought that was a really good way to handle it. Um, keep it basic, simple, short and sweet. Um, then after about an hour, she was relaxing in the jacuzzi after having swum laps for half an hour. She had a beautiful view of the cliffs 
that overlooked the sea. Ah, oh, that beautiful blue Mediterranean Sea. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the Mediterranean is beautiful. Oh, it's so it gorgeous. Oh, oh, I know. It's There's nothing like it. Um, Nicholas approached from behind her. There you are. He was not dressed in his normal black suit. Instead, he was wearing khaki slacks and a white shirt with bare feet. His hair was tussled. Yes, looking very handsome, I'm sure, on the wind and windswept being on the uh, outside on the cliffs uh, overlooking the sea. He brought her a glass of wine from a local vineyard. As they clinked glasses, she observed he was not wearing black. And he said, of course, it's too hot for black. And he's in a much better mood anyway, without being in the black suit. He asked if he could join her and she said, of course. <laughs> Why, yes. yes, Why, yes. You <laughs> You're not in bathing trunks, though. You want to get in the pool. <laughs> I know. I know. He doesn't need trunks. <laughs> I know, Joni. I agree. Joni says she's loved his attire. <laughs> I did, too. Again, painting that picture. Can you just imagine it? Yeah, I can, <sighs> I can see the tousled hair, the bare feet. Mm -hmm. I have a thing for men's feet. I don't know what it is. Mm. I always have. Just, just relaxed. Yeah. <sighs> uh -huh. So he had apologized for taking so long, but he had been on the phone with Constantine. They'd been invited dinner uh, to his villa to watch the sunset in Oya. Is that how you pronounce it? Ia. Ia. Okay. Ia. Oya uh, is how they said it on the audiobook. But okay, I but believe the locals say Ia. So Casio wanted to know if he wanted her to go with him, and uh, because considering concierges usually don't go to dinner with their or to dinner meetings, he said yes. He wanted her to go with him, saying it was she was more than a concierge, and she should know that. Uh, then he asked how Paris was going, and she gave him the short answer: fine. <laughs> <laughs> And told him that his chair was facing the wrong way because he's obviously not looking out over at the Mediterranean. Whatever would he be gazing upon? Because <laughs> his back is to the sea, but he liked where he was sitting. Yes, and Acacia felt he was full of surprises, like caring for her cat. And he felt that she was full of surprises as well. And he mentioned that since they were dining out, he had sent the staff home, but the guards and the driver were still there. Uh, that all these people were actually locals that he was employing. And he was just a little concerned about security, obviously. So he said that, um, you know, to keep up the Pierre and the Andard of personas while they were there. Um, <clears throat> so he. She's, she understood, but she questioned. She thought Silka had drawn too much attention to that persona. So why, why are we keeping that? And he said that anger showed on his face and mm -hmm. that he had needed Constantine's help. And this was the only way he could ask for it. The advance team had swept, swept the villa for, this and their, for surveillance devices, and they had found four, but there were none in her room. Uh, the internet had been moved to a secure server, which meant her, their emails were safe. 
and Acacia wondered who could be behind it. When he told her Constantine, she was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Nicholas had told her it was the game that they played while they were not destroyed. They were feeding disinformation to each other, meaning the, the surveillance devices. Um, which and I and I I'm reading this and I and I'm thinking of spy versus flop spy or cats and mm-hmm. dogs, you know fighting with each other and whatever. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this is why he had extended the invitation to her. Acacia wasn't fo- didn't follow. Now here's the bombshell. Dun 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 dun. Nicholas told her that for this purpose, he uh, told Constantine she was uh, his lover. She got. Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh my gosh! You know the I, thing I, is, she was just starting to trust him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know now. Now I can relate to. I had a friend ask me one time years ago to pretend I was the girlfriend so that the one that was annoying and stalking him wouldn't bother him anymore. You know. Mm. Again, okay. this was a childish thing when I was in my 20s. So, and a childish <laughs> thing for him. Of course, she was a stalker. and it, it, You know, anybody who opens a mail slot and yells into somebody's house, Michael, Michael, I know you're in there. <laughs> Oh my God! She did that. That she is. Did that. So, anyhow, to get back to it, um, he said he 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 knew that that was not part of the agreement, but um, he only wanted her to play the part while they were in public. Any information that Constantine would gather uh, could be sold to the highest bidder, and if the parties who bought the information knew she was his lover. They would, and then when they went their separate ways, no one would follow her, and which didn't really make much sense to her. But Nicholas said, well, you know, no one approaches Silka since she took off with the American. His tone was quite contemptuous on that. Yes, uh, and actually I see that Dahlia was saying um, that the audio is so low for her, and I'm not sure if there's a way we can uh, rectify that. Any suggestions? Well, I just moved it up. I don't want to get it too high because then I'd start reverb. Okay. Is that better, Dahlia? So. We shall see. Okay. So, um, you know, so he, he, he was kind of upset the way Silka was talking to him. Or, or he was mentioning that. And he came back. He says there's another reason as well. Constantine's mistress is hosting the dinner tonight. She is Jordanian and maybe uh, she would hand it off with her. Uh, you both speak Arabic and Constantine doesn't. When Akasi asked why he, he, as she's climbing out of the jacuzzi in her tangerine bikini that looked good against her tan skin I don't know why orange and corals look good against tan skin, but they do. They really do. So as she dried herself off, Nicholas brought a white robe and let me help you. And she, Acacia turns to him and saying, 
she thought he was her friend and he was putting her in a really awkward situation and uh, he's you know he's that it was not how friends treated each other and she was not being asked to do anything illegal or scandalous it was just to alleviate Constantine's suspicions which I can understand from his perspective Mm -hmm. you know this is supposed to be it's a business acquaintance it's a dinner hosted by obviously it's not a business strict business meeting because they have their significant others or dates Um, so Constantine in his mind is thinking I should invite Pierre Breckman and he can bring his plus one and so I can understand why Nicholas was thinking this would be completely fine to ask her to do, but, um, you know, not quite. Nicholas, <laughs> you know, I, I think Nicholas, I think Nicholas was uh, trying to see how far he could go, <laughs> um, what he would have to tell her and if, if this would be pushing it. And I think he pushed it. Um, Nicholas had told her that Acacia was new to his circle. She was intelligent and beautiful, speaks several languages. And, I mean, obviously, uh, you can tell she practices martial arts. Um, Acacia thought that he had an incredible imagination. And he said, no, no. Um, He has an incredible talent for recruiting talent. And she, indeed, was quite talented. And no matter what was said, uh, Nicholas, and I loved it, it was so matter of fact, you know, Nicholas was just saying, Constantine's already investigating you, Acacia. And uh, he said he's going to assume Acacia was Interpol regardless, so there's no need, so they really needed to try to misdirect him. And uh, I'm sure, you know, Acacia, who always wants to fly under the radar, I'm Mm -hmm. sure was panicking at this point. She said this surprised her, uh, you know, this surprised her, and she actually swore in Portuguese. Constantine's investigating me? <laughs> Can you imagine it? Nicholas told her that they would not find anything because he's, con- he's investigating Andarta, remember, not Acacia. Then she then asked if Nicholas had planned this. And <laughs> I, I thought she was grasping at straws at this point because, you know, no, he, he, she, she's still, you know, he, she was starting to trust him and then he threw this curveball, the bombshell, and now she's kind of up on guard again. And, you know, he assured her that the meeting was planned before he had met her. Acacia was dubious of that, but asked about the mistress. Nicholas did understand then that Acacia said, because the mistress, you know, she, she wanted to find out. Because the mistress was Jordanian, is that why she was recruited? And Nicholas told her no. The last-minute departure from Paris was strictly to keep her safe. And, you know, this was not part of this big grand plan. Um, Acacia stated that she was not trained in espionage. And Nicholas said, that's not exactly true, pointing to the motto of Les Clés d'Or, which is service through friendship. So for one evening, to show friendship to another young woman who speaks the same language is all he's asking. 
I love, you know, I love how he's trying to smooth this over. Um, he really was pulling out all the stops. And digging himself in deeper. Yes, I think the more he talked, the worse it got. Um, Acacia said she was not interested in becoming his mistress. And Nicholas said, duly noted. Um, he was not extending the invitation. And this is when you know they both are very attracted to each other because she's like, I'm not interested. I'm not either. I don't, you know, you can tell they're kind of circling, circling each other. This would be great. I can just imagine this on the screen. This would be, this would be another really must include scene. Mm -hmm. Nicholas was smiling and Acacia asked why. He told her he admired the fact she could tangle. And she reminded him that she was Brazilian and that we're all like this, which I loved. Um, Brazil must be an incredible country, Nicholas remarked. So, you know, this was very much, very much a tango in a way, going back and forth between each other. As Lorraine says, it's classic, truly, Lorraine. It is a very, very classic um, scene of uh, building attraction. And so, you know, after Nicholas made the comment about Brazil must being must be an incredible country, she actually just ignored the compliment and was going back to business and said, so what time are we leaving? Nicholas told her in about an hour and a half and asked her if that was enough time. She was okay with that and asked him if this was a formal dinner. He said no. Um, while he would wear dress pants and a shirt, there would be no tie, no need for a tie or a jacket. So a summer dress would be quite appropriate for Acacia. Um, she reminded him that this was a trial period. And as a friend, she cautioned him that if he put her into this situation again, she would be forced to resign. And I'm very, very glad that Dahlia um, has better sound now. Oh, good. Yay. Um, so Acacia, you know, at this point is just, just setting the boundaries saying, look, if you do this again, you're going to be, I'm going to be forced to resign. And she looked at his conflicted face. Um, and when she did, she expected anger, but she saw something different. And, uh, we asked SR about this. We asked him that his lips were pressed, you know, SR wrote that his lips were pressed together as if he were angry, but his eyes did something else. And we said, please explain or expound. What was he thinking? And SR said, for Nicholas's reaction, clearly, he is conflicted. He's reacting to what she's saying, and he isn't really happy about it. Um, So, I I thought that was good. (laughs) And Dahlia is from Brazil, so so Brazil, <laughs> Dahlia, you got you got the big shout outs today. That's true. I mean, a very very wonderful representative of uh, Brazilian women in Acacia, and uh, you know, Nicholas really, um, I think, realized how much he had pushed her. And he admitted that when he learned that Acacia spoke Arabic, he had hoped that she could discover a bit more about Constantine's mistress. And he, I, I, you could tell in the scene that he was, he realized he went too far. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So he moved closer to her and said, look, I, I, I did not realize. And um, he, you know, he was going to touch her arm and he released her arm and he apologized and told her that he was grateful for his, for her assistance as always. So with that being said, she went to her room and closed the door behind her. So I think Nicholas realized he pushed it and went too far. But I, you know, again, good for him for recognizing it and apologizing. So I thought that was an interesting way to end the scene. Um, and I also think he's, they're so conflicted. There's so many emotions going on. Um, and I think Akasi is actually fighting her attraction. Um, and Nicholas is trying to embrace the attraction, but he's trying to be respectful of her wishes too. So it's interesting to see. So. Uh, I, you know, you could, you could just, you could feel the tension between them, you know, the, the yes. sparks, which in those scenes, which was really awesome. And, you know, because SR can be so descriptive about everything, but when you can actually feel that as, as you're reading, that's a gift. That is a gift. Yes. And we are fortunate to have that gift shared with us through his work. It's true. And uh, his sense of humor and his sense of humanity. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So that's chapter 27, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Yes. Lorraine said it best. She just said the pages were practically on fire. <laughs> All I'm going to say, <laughs> not so much the next chapter, but one or two more down the road, do not drive and listen to the audio. <laughs> <laughs> I've Another chapter for your book, Pam. I've almost cracked my car up twice. <laughs> <laughs> Just listening. It's uh, understandable. Yes. Kenzie, Ken, well, uh, Lorraine said, uh, I said Lorraine had shared that the pages were practically on fire, and Joni says, wonderful tension. <laughs> and Kenzie said, did you do that, Pam? Have wonderful Why, tension? Yes. All the time. <laughs> I think she meant about listening to <laughs> Kenzie. I can attest she did it because as I was, uh, I think, I think I may have seen you or we were talking and you said, Oh my gosh, did you get to this chapter yet? She said, I was listening to the audiobook and I almost crashed my car. <laughs> Coming off the New Jersey so. turnpike. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was on one of your drives up yes. and down. Yes. One of, one of the, uh, Kessel the runs, runs I call the it. Kessel runs. Yes. yes. So we did have an affirmation this week, and I'm going to pass that along. Uh, Lorraine uh, wrote, "After a year and a half of the hell, of my my son is six weeks seizure free. Uh, we still don't have, uh, we still have other issues going on, but I'm extremely grateful for this." It was the worst feeling watching epilepsy take over my son and to feel completely helpless because I couldn't stop it. Oh, we're so thankful for that, Lorraine. And thank you for sharing your affirmation. That is 
such good news. And we know that you've been, you know, you've, this has been a long, a long struggle for your family. So I hope uh, and wish continued, continued health and continued progress. Um, That is, I, my dear friend's mother had seizures often and it is very, very disconcerting because as you, you encapsulated it beautifully, um, you are completely helpless um, and you feel that way. Um, actually being there though and having presence to be around the person is, is helpful, but it's, it's really, really challenging. So such good news to hear for you, yeah. Lorraine. Um, that's wonderful. That's great news. That's great news. So, um, we are going to be back Friday night, 9 p.m. New York time. Um, yes, this Friday. The, yeah, this Friday doing the compilation of uh, chapters 24 through 27. Uh, so anybody out in the ether who would like to listen to us uh, join in, it would be a lot of fun. Yes, um, for the worldwide party. Yes, <laughs> the worldwide party. And next Wednesday, uh, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back the following Wednesday with uh, yes. Chapter 28, if I'm not mistaken. That is so, correct. Okay. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry, ladies. As much as I I try to make it every possible week, um, I do have a work commitment next week that I'm not going to be able to... Uh, to join uh to have the podcast so if you can i know it's a friday evening or a friday morning depending on what side of the planet you're on um join us on friday night at nine and we're going to kind of recap the past couple weeks and uh who knows maybe there will be some new announcements by then that we can uh talk about as well keep a watchful was that keep a watchful eye on the horizon wasn't that yes. from, uh, since today is talk like a pirate day, I figured <laughs> the line would be good from, uh, you know, Jack Sparrow and company and uh, the Black Pearl and whatever those <laughs> movies were. <laughs> exactly. So. And, and as Kenzie says, as, or Lorraine said, no need to apologize. Thank you for doing this. And, um, Thank you for that, Lorraine. And Kenzie says, SR will be in the film, hopefully. (laughs) Kenzie, I want that so badly. That would be so awesome. What would be great is if he does the film, like, and then, like, way after the fact, say, oh, by the way, I I actually was in the film. (laughs) Because we would all be going crazy, like, analyzing shot by shot. I said this last last week. Um, I was... When I went up to the film festival, uh, two of my friends got tickets for a movie that I couldn't get. So I sent them off, and I was in this little restaurant, and I'm eating Greek foods and having a vodka and tonic. And I said, oh, you know, I wonder if Nicholas's meal, you know, the vodka tonic and the picture of the food. And I tagged the man in the black suit and SR. So the next morning, I'm, I on my Twitter feed I get were you in Penelope's? (laughs) 
I'm sitting in there and I'm and I'm laughing at my, in, in my head at the people that are around me. And there was this very nice looking gentleman sitting like two tables away from me by himself. And he was on his phone like a lot of us are when we're alone. And <laughs> I was like, I wonder if that is SR. Oh my so. gosh. I just love, I just love, I'm saying yes. I'm just going to say I'm it. I'm calling yes it. Too. Yes, so. it was SR. <laughs> SR is keeping an eye. Actually, SR was just keeping an eye on you, Pam, to make sure you weren't going to do anything crazy and that he'd need to give you bail money. Yeah, well, I had, we did ask, <laughs> and uh, we had a couple of. Uh, aside from SR, we had a couple of other people that were going to pull money together for us who lived up there, too. But, um, so I'm like, if you, if he, first of all, there's nothing around the table, location, nothing mm-hmm. like that would, that would have pinpointed me to that particular restaurant. And so I said, were you there and didn't say hello? <laughs> <laughs> And Lorraine had said, oh, he would so do that, show up in the movie and, like, not tell anybody until way after the fact. Exactly. That'd be great. Exactly. So. so. Anyway. So that's well, my this has story. Been... I did see it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This has been so much fun, you guys. Um, please have a wonderful, wonderful week. Um, try and tune in Friday if possible. If not, you can catch the uh, podcast rebroadcast and uh and there's always 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 fun things so join us at any time yes so for tonight's lovely music i'm gonna leave you with a little norwegian wood not by the beatles but by sergio mendez and brazil 66 oh lovely have a good week